Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, you have great respect for him and for what he's done. And um, you know that, you know, you've got to do your job against their defense. And, and, you know, week in and week out, you remind yourself of that regardless of who's on the other side of the ball. It's about focusing on your role against the, the opponent's defense and um, understand that, um, you know, there are certain parts of the game you don't control. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's tough to kind of sit on the sidelines and watch football. You want to be out there playing, but that's a big part of the game is, you know, being able to kind of wait your turn to get out there. And then uh, and then when you do, you, you just got to do your part. That was Kirk Cousins' answer to, uh, what's it going to be like to play against Tom Brady in this big game? And he tried to downplay it. That, hey, we're playing the other defense, but no, this is a showdown of epic proportions on Sunday between the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest fourth-quarter comeback master of the last month in the NFL in Kirk Cousins. And so we'll get to a Purple Positivity Thursday episode of of the show here, which will include a dive into whether the Vikings can replicate the other wild-card formulas we've seen in the last 25 years of teams that have gone to the Super Bowl and won it. So we'll entertain that. But Declan, on Mackie and Judd today, you did a full review of the new bidet that you've yeah. installed into your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Have you considered replacing toilet bowl water with Corona Hard Seltzer oh, to give yourself a, 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 a nice, uh, clean, and um, free feeling back there? What's the, uh, my, my St. Cloud State foggy days are coming back here. What's the one where you're, you're laying down and they pour, I think it's called the waterfall? Where you're laying down and then they, they try to, from like a large, from like the steps or whatever, they yeah. try to pour, pour a, 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 a beverage into your mouth? I could see that with the bidet and me and the Corona Hard wow. Seltzer. Kirk says he's doing his job, and I'm doing my job with Corona Hard Seltzer, which is the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime, Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer Spike Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You held for 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah, you know, I think every game's a measuring stick. And I think uh, this week's no different. But, but I don't think that weeks, you know, 1 through 13 are really any different either. So... You're getting evaluated every week, and um, uh, Sunday will be no different. All right, welcome into the show. Kirk Cousins commenting on this big matchup and the measuring stick that is this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
This is Purple Daily, or as some of you call it in our YouTube comment section, Kirk Cousins Daily with Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff producing the show. You can find Purple Daily during the season seven days a week on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And we appreciate all of you who have also found it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Are you guys ready for a segment that we launched when the Vikings were one in five thinking, this is all so negative and they're just going to like finish three and 13. We should do purple positivity Thursdays to just force some optimism. And now it's like, I don't know, we could do that. We could do three hours of purple positivity now. You guys pumped for this today? I am. Judd, you got any positivity you're going to bring to the table today? No, I do have some. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some. I got like three or four things. Okay. Very positive. I have one I want to start with you guys. And this is more, it's, it's less of a statement and it's more of a notion to be explored here. Okay. I think, and we, and we sort of dove into this a little bit yesterday during the state of Kirk Cousins episode. I think we should entertain the notion that this year's Vikings team can come out of nowhere as a wild card team and win a Super Bowl. How possible is it? Is Kirk Cousins capable of it? And how do the Vikings compare to the five wild card teams over the last 25 years that have gone on to win the Super Bowl? All right, and I have I've pulled these five teams for you guys, and you'll you'll probably remember them to varying degrees. One of them might have been a little before Declan's time, uh, but the five teams that have won the Super Bowl as wildcard teams are the 1997 Broncos, the 2000 Ravens, the 2005 Steelers, the 2007 Giants, and the 2010 Packers. Do the Vikings share characteristics of any of those teams? I'm actually going to start the exercise by taking the 2000 Ravens and the 2000 10 Packers off the board for this discussion because the 2000 Ravens had arguably the greatest defense of all time. Like them and the 85 bears are essentially fighting for the greatest defense of all time. I just don't think you can even have a discussion about that blueprint. Like, do you have the greatest defense of all time? If the answer is yes. Okay. Right. If the answer is no, then we need to move that team off to the side. And I'm taking the 2010 Packers off too, because the second half of that season into the playoffs was the beginning of peak Aaron Rodgers for like five years where he just embarked on one of the greatest quarterback stretches of all time. Like every game was 303 touchdowns. He never threw interceptions. And that started in 2010. And it, and that's not really like all due respect to the fourth quarter Pharaoh. Are you saying that your guy's not going to start a streak here that could make him a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback? He is the secondary slayer. He is Mr. Game-Winning Drive. Yeah, if you are the Carolina Panthers or Jacksonville Jaguars, you're screwed. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I just don't know if, if my guy is ready to be in this discussion quite yet. So we're taking those two teams off the board. And that leaves the, the, the 1997 Broncos, the 2005 Steelers, and the 2007 Giants as the blueprints, wildcard teams that had to go through maybe a tough December and then play, you know, road games all throughout January and beat good teams all throughout. Quick summary for you. 1997 Broncos, similarities to the Vikings. Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. It's huh. an interesting similarity right there. Mm-hmm. So the offensive formula for that team was pretty similar. Run the ball down teams throats and and play action passing game off of Terrell Davis and that run game, but Pound the ball to your top running back, which is what the Vikings do right now. Uh, They played good, not great defense in 1997. In fact, the Broncos in 97 were last in the NFL in stopping the run. So that was not like an all-time 
great defense like some, you know, like the 2000 Ravens. The biggest difference is John Elway may have been old and more limited, but he was still John bleeping Elway in 1997. Right. And so that has to be taken into consideration. Um, and, and the Broncos were a wild card team, but they were, actually, they were actually great in the regular season. They were 12 and four, second best record in the AFC, but the best record was the Chiefs in their division, which bump, bumped them to a wild card team. And the Chiefs choked. Like always, last until last year. Yeah. Probably, right? Yeah. So, um, thoughts on the 97 Broncos as a comparison? Gary Kubiak, coordinator. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it worked perfectly in part because the game in 1997 was a different game than what we have now. So, I would say that if you um, could get in a time machine and go back to the future and transport Dalvin Cook back to that Broncos team, they win a Super Bowl there as well yeah. because the game itself was different and, and, Dalvin Cook in 2020 is a really good player. I think in the mid-90s, he is phenomenal. And so I would say that the 1997 Broncos had the advantage of the game was uh, not to where the game is now. And so that there were inherent advantages that this Vikings team might have if you could get them back to that season. Can you envision a Kirk Cousins bootleg helicopter spinning Quarterback touchdown run like John Elway. You see the the NFL. Yeah, films, that's one of the know, famous iconic Elway plays. Um, you know, actually, I can get there. I could see that. What I don't know is that the formula that the '97 Broncos, the blueprint that they used then, uh, if you put that on the 2000 Vikings, I don't know that the blueprint still fits. And that's not the Vikings' fault. It's just the game has changed. They also had uh, Shannon Sharp, legendary tight end. Rod Smith was the top Rudolph, receiver. Man, you got Kyle here. You got come on. Not quite the same category. No, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Dex, you don't really remember the 97 Broncos too much. I don't remember the 97 Broncos. I mean, like the earliest NFL season I remember is the 2000 Vikings, so that was 41 Donut. Like my my prominent first football memories are that run. fitting start. Great great foray into Vikings football. Well, very fitting start. The week week before was great when you you tore up Aaron Brooks and the Saints at home. I remember that game. That was fun. The good thing about that team was that that – Vikings team, you never really truly bought into as being that good. Yeah, that's so true. it was sort of like oh, they they got destroyed. It's embarrassing, but it wasn't nearly like it didn't break your heart. Like obviously they had against the Falcons in '98. I, I kind of remember like when they got to the NFC Championship game, it was like, all right, well, okay, yeah, that's exactly. Surprise. That's yep, kind of cool. That's exactly right. how. And I they're thought. playing the Giants. They're not even that good. Yep. This would be great. It's it like Collins. Everyone jumped on board like at the end. Like, all right, yeah. Let's, let's let's fire up the man there, again here. There was still pain, too, right? <laughs> From 98? Oh, very yeah, much so. Sure. There there was still a lingering pain of, do I really want, want to go out on another date with the Vikings after two years before? <laughs> we were basically walking down the aisle, and she said, I can't do this. Yeah. And then she kind of changed her mind in 2000. Right. Yeah. Like, She's oh, like, oh, yeah, come on. Let's talk Hi, Phil. Again. What's going one on? More time. One more time around the block. Yeah. All right, the 2005 Steelers are another wild card team yep. to uh, to compare to. They won the Super Bowl. Similarities to the Vikings, the Steelers in 2005 were seven and five after the 12 game mark. Vikings are six and six. Probably should be seven and five if they would have beat the Cowboys. And the Steelers needed to basically run the table in December to get in as a wild card team. They had to have a big December uh, just just to get in. Very run heavy offense with Willie Parker and Jerome Bettis. Ben Roethlisberger was sort of limited at quarterback. I think that version of Ben is is less than this version of of Kirk. That was young Ben, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and now the, now the they year ran. before they went like fifteen and one, I think, with rookie Ben, if I'm not mistaken, That's and right. they overachieved. Mm-hmm. So biggest differences compared to the Vikings. That Steelers defense was also great. The last eight games of the season, including playoffs, yep. they allowed an average of twelve points per game. So at this point going forward, that Steelers defense flipped a major switch and just became unstoppable. And Big Ben, although young and limited at the time, has later proven to be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. And, and some of those Hall of Fame tendencies were probably in the mix, uh, even though he hadn't quite figured it out yet. He wasn't driving that offense like he is now. So thoughts on that comparison, wildcard team, 2005 Steelers. Uh, I can't see it because of what you said, Phil, with the defense being so good, and it got hot. And this defense, look, I, I think that Zim right now, as far as this Vikings defense goes, I mean, it is smoke and mirrors. Like, he is doing everything he possibly can. It is it is scotch tape and bubble gum. And okay. he's trying really hard, and he's doing a n- nice job. But what you're saying about what Pittsburgh did, I mean, that gear, those gears aren't here. You know, according to footballoutsiders.com, they have, uh, they have a metric that's DVOA. It essentially takes into account context of yardage given up and gain. So five yards on third and four is much more valuable than five yards on third and 15 or first and 10. Yep. And so by that context, the Vikings have the ninth best defense in the NFL, according to football outsiders. Right. But they're also playing bad teams. That's fair. Like, like they do take some of that into context to the give opponent. Them good, give them good teams. And let's see. And, th- and that's where we start to find out here. And I give week. Zim look, this d- defense could have been awful. Like, he's actually done a good job. And I do think that the corners, for the most part, most of them are developing. Um, but when you go through that Pittsburgh team that got incredibly hot defensively and probably was predisposed to being good, I, I don't see the comparison to this Vikings team and that Pittsburgh team on the defensive side. I think I would say this Vikings team has much more offensive upside than yes. that 2005 Steelers team. Right. But that Steelers team... You only had to score like 17 points to win a game. And they've so. got offensive upside, but they don't consistently really do it right enough for me to have confidence, too. Like, if it started around Jefferson, I might be like, hell yeah, I can see this. But it starts around Dalvin, and I remain very, very concerned uh, about Cook getting to the finish line here, given what they're asking him to do. Reminding you again that against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the man got 38 touches. Yeah, Dex, what about what about you? 05 Steelers. Okay, comparison. so I think the teams are, are two different pa- are two different teams. However, the playoff path that the Steelers had to get to to get there, honestly, pretty easy. They had to beat Carson Palmer's Bengals. They did upset Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning in his prime. That's a big win. That was probably an upset. That's mm-hmm. impressive. And then the NFC Championship game, they played Jake Plummer in the Broncos. So I wouldn't say it was that a juggernaut. It, Jake Plummer made it to the AFC Championship. Oh, yeah. I think game. he made like back to back like those Jake Plummer years. I, my guy Jake Plummer. Jake he Plummer was not terrible. Years. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't awful. Not great, but not terrible. But I, I I see a similar path where I mean the Saints are obviously I think the best team in the NFC, but everything else is incredibly close. Like I'm not I, if I was if I were the Vikings, I wouldn't be scared to play any team in the NFC right now. I really wouldn't. Yeah, there's no there's no Chiefs. Like, right, the Chiefs are the team that if they're operating. If, if if they want to play their best football, nobody's going to beat them. Correct. And you're just sort of you know hoping who could, that they don't. Could be if if their uh, QB has a good game is uh, the Rams. That that what that they incredibly could, tough. Yeah. If Jared Goff plays well, the Rams are really good. Right. I, I like I'm this a is all Goff. Yep. Jake Plummer. I just pulled his stats up. He was Boy, not a bad quarterback. He so he got drafted by the Cardinals. He had a year in 1999. 
He led the league with 24 interceptions. So he he had nine touchdowns, 24 interceptions, and a passer rating of 50. <laughs> and when? He figured it out with the Broncos later on. Yeah. This is 1999. Well, the Cardinals teams, right? Yeah, it was really, really yeah. bad. I mean, those Cardinals teams were absolutely pathetic. Yeah. They were awful. And then the, the the fifth wild card Super Bowl winning team to compare to here. And we're only comparing to three because 2000 Ravens and 2010 Packers, like just you can't replicate those formulas unless you have Peak Rogers or the 2000 Ravens defense. The 2007 <laughs> New York Giants. Yep. Similarities to the Vikings. Some really rough stretches during the regular season that had you thinking, <laughs> oh my God, like, is are we doing this right? Should everyone be fired? Quarterback up and yep. down. Mistake prone quarterback, unproven in big games quarterback. Yep. A great rushing offense where you're just pounding the ball on the ground. I think it was Brandon Jacobs in 2007. Um, and then and then you're just trying to get by in the passing game for stretches. Now, now Kirk Cousins 2020 is a lot better than 2007 Eli Manning. Eli Manning had major training wheels even throughout the playoffs in 2007. He wasn't like, you know, 350 and four touchdowns. It wasn't like that. He played well, but it wasn't like Eli was carrying the thing. No, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco kind of carried it for the, for the Ravens yeah, yeah. as well. That was a great yeah. run. And they were, I believe they were a division winner, which is why they're not part of this comparison. Sure. Um, and then the other similarity was grizzled old head coaches that are trying to learn new tricks. Red, Tom Coughlin. Red faces. Yep. <laughs> Miserable. Both, both look like they're just living a life of frostbite all the time. And breaking out film. Now, biggest difference is Hall of Fame pass rush with Michael Strahan. Still, still, he was at the end of his career, but still playing amazing football. Um, and then, and then I would just say the Giants during that period, as we found out later too in 2011, that's a really gritty franchise that had a tendency to overcome at the highest level and play just at the peak of their capabilities for long stretches to to win Super Bowls. So, mm-hmm. so some teams are like, boy, if that team can bottle that and play at their best, like the Giants were doing that in December and January a lot in 07 and 2011. So. Your thoughts on the 07 Giants comparison? I think this is as close as you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. Like, of the three that, that we've gone through, I think this is the one where if if you were to uh, take the blueprint and put it on top of the 2020 Vikings, this would be it. Uh, they're certainly different teams, but they have similarities, as you said, in sort of coaches and philosophies and beliefs. And the Cousins, the cousins factor here, too, if you compare it to where... Manning was back then is believable completely. Do I see it happening for the Vikings? No, but I think that there is a parallel to be drawn here on if you get hot. And also, the important thing, too, is your potential playoff path, if the right teams lose as well, could become, I mean, this conference not good. So it's it's not like, to, to your point from before, that you've got to go through a Chiefs to get there. Um, so I would say that this is the closest that you're going to get to sort of saying 2020 Vikings, 2007 Giants. It at least makes sense. Yeah. I think it's the similarities is, is that Tom Coughlin was able to come up with the scheme to outperform Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, and that, of course, that break, that Patriots team was arguably the greatest team we've ever seen. Yeah. And Tom Coughlin was able to create a game plan that completely threw them through a muck. And I know there was a fourth quarter comeback and it was a dramatic game. But think about that. That Tom, Who had Tom Coughlin out coaching Bill Belichick in that game? Yeah, it's, it's the greatest upset in Super Bowl history, right? Tom, sure. Tom Coughlin, as far as coaching games, was sneaky good, too. He so, was really good. So I think the comparison is, right, let's just assume it's the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 
can Mike Zimmer dial up something that outperforms Andy Reid? And I think that the obviously the obvious answer is no. But can he can he do that? Yeah, I do mean you have he, the second he, the corners man that would be tough. Yeah, yeah, and he had I well he can coach that. See, this is the thing. Like, all right, so this is the next part of the conversation, which is like, okay, for the Vikings to become the 2007 Giants or something similar, or the 05 Steelers, mm-hmm. what needs to happen? Over the next two months, starting with this game against the Buccaneers and then all the way through, you know, if they make the playoffs, et cetera. And the defense has to be better. Like we can talk about quarterback in a second, but the defense has to play its best stretch of the season starting now against Tom Brady. And I think that includes, I think, because you, you brought up cornerback, Judd. Dantzler's been great the last few weeks. And it's like, a, it's like a three or four game sample, but he played great last week. And I get it's the Jaguars and Mike Glennon. It's a different level when you're facing, you know, yep. what you're going to face on Sunday. Yep. But if Dantzler is sort of figuring it out, the other question I would have is, how much pressure can you get on some of these quarterbacks without Daniel Hunter, without Michael Pierce, without Unique Ngakwe, with just your front four? Because I have confidence that Mike Zimmer, if he decides, listen, we're going to get after the quarterback, but we're going to have to bring two extra guys every time to do it. And that means Jeff Gladney, Chris Boyd sometimes. You guys are going to have to be on an island one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, can they get more pressure with just their front four going forward? Because that was the Giants' formula, right? Like the Giants were, we can rush four in 2007, right. play coverage, and Tom Brady can, can 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 look out there and see nothing open. Um, can you th- stop the run, too? Because your, your interior defensive line is really suspect. Can you stop? Because Kansas City does have a run game now. Can you stop that? And there's other teams that are going to bring run games in the yeah. NFC playoffs. This is yeah. where I'm very curious to, to see how how th- this unfolds when they play the Saints and the Bucks, as far as just being competent teams, yeah. competition. Yeah. And then, of course, like the other part, if they're going to be the 2007 Giants, you need Kirk to overcome some of the things that won't be perfect, that they might not be able to have a great defense. And so can Kirk stay hot against great competition and uh, and listen, it might take 30 points to win some of these games, not 20 points. Can you do enough things and overcome enough things? Or if the game flow dictates and you've got the ball and there's a minute and a half left and it's the Saints, like, go do it, right? Yeah. That's going to happen a lot in December can and you win, January. Can you win the San Francisco game that, that you lost in the second round of the playoffs last year is my question. Because you so thoroughly got your butt kicked in every way, mm-hmm. I guess my question is: do, do you have the ability and the mental aptitude and fortitude to win that game? Because I that's the that game left a big impression, not from the loss, yeah, but from how the loss unfolded, which really, really set me back as far as my faith in where this team yeah. is at. And that game, like we should, we should always remember that game because. There's always going to be an opponent like that on your way to a Super Bowl. There's going to be a team that just like has a great pass rush and they punch you in the mouth and, and you're and you're losing in the trenches. Yes, and they're not a great team, but they are go- really damn good. Yep, and you have to sort of figure it out somehow. You have to either. Yep. It, it can't always just be well. You got to go draft another offensive lineman. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like sometimes, sometimes you have to just figure it out in that moment. And yes. and I would argue like the Vikings roster compared to that Niners roster, fully healthy, you know, the Niners are going to win that game. Um, but this is a discussion about how can the Vikings be one of these wildcard teams? And and the likely answer is they're not. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, this this weekend against the Bucks is going to be a huge, huge step one way or the other in determining what happens the rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, what else we got for Purple Positivity today? 
like that? You like that? We like Federated. That's what we like here on Purple Daily. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Pleased to announce My Shield, your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. My Shield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, a tablet, a smartphone, or the My Shield app. And MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business on training, billing, employee certificates, safety videos, and much more. If you want to learn more about how Federated and MyShield can help your business, go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet MyShield. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. You like that? You like that? <clears throat> our guy, your guy, <laughs> Phil, Kirky McKirkerson. Kirky McClutcherson. Kirky McClutcherson. I love all the nicknames in our comments. It is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Has recorded 21 games with at least 300 passing yards and at least three passing touchdowns, trailing only Dan Marino's 26 for the most by a player in his first nine seasons. What? By comparison, Drew Brees and another one of Phil's guy. You've got a long list of guys who are quarterbacks who are your guy. Tony Romo each had 20 oh, such games. That's another one. I thought you were going with the other my guy. No, no. Philip Rivers? No. Yeah. And while Aaron Rodgers had 19 in their first nine seasons in the NFL. Again, Kirk Cousins, 300 passing yards and at least three passing touchdowns in his first nine seasons, 21 such games. Only Marino at 26 had more. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing. Now, I think the game has evolved a lot in the last 10 or 15 years to where guys have more chances to put up those numbers because they're throwing the ball more, et cetera. But that's a pretty pretty good category. I just thought I'd bring that to your attention since you are. I'm, where's your hat? Is Kirk? Oh, what, you know, we'll get, we'll get another one this where's weekend. Where's your hat? We'll get another one this weekend. Hat. Yeah. Um, is Kirk sort of emerging into that Tony Romo category? Like, is is that the category that he's in? Where he's he's putting Tony Romo put up ridiculous numbers. Philip Rivers put up ridiculous I think numbers. I think that's spot on. Yes. Tony Romo also had a great fourth quarter passer rating in his career. Look it up. Like he had one of the best fourth quarter passer ratings in history. I think you're spot but on. But has been remembered for the failures in big spots. I think you just hit it. I don't know if he'd be as good in the broadcast booth as Tony Romo. No, he would not. He's be, kind of Tony I think, Romo. Right? I think statistically, I think that that's a great comp. And he puts up big enough numbers to where you keep going back to that well for a you know. Twenty thirty million dollars, depending on the era, to see like I don't know. Scott throws for four thousand every year. Let's run it back, but ultimately, like for whatever reason, you can't can't, can't get it. across the finish line. Can't do it. So I mean, Tony Romo to me is a borderline Hall of Fame. If if he had one Super Bowl, I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. I think if Philip Rivers had one Super Bowl, I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Lots of guys would probably. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think as far as. Um, stats go, and, and as far as the flirtation with a quarterback, which is, you're pretty attractive. You're really attractive. <laughs> Wait, you can't win the big game? Hey, girl. Hey, so. girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Dex, you got one? Yeah, I do. Uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins. I got another Kirk Cousins purple positivity here. The highest graded red zone quarterbacks this season, according to Pro Football Focus, okay? I'll oh. go from five and work my way up. Number five, Baker Mayfield, 82.9. Number four. Derek Carr, 89.5. Is out of 100, right? Yes. Yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, 90.2, number three. Aaron Rodgers, number two, 90.7. Kirk Cousins, number one, 92.1, the highest graded red zone quarterback. You like that? You like that? That's the sound I made when the bidet hit me the first time. 
So uh, I won't go into other details. But yes, Kirk oh. Cousins, your highest graded red zone quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus this season. And you know who he can send the holiday gift basket to is Adam Thielen for yes. just being an amazing safety blanket in that red zone, right? What, the one-handed marvel. What does Thielen have in terms of red zone touchdown catches? Like 12? What is he? He has like 12 or 13 well, on the season. He's got like 12 on the season, right? It feels like almost all of them are close range inside the red zone. I don't. I can't remember. There might have been a 40 yard in there somewhere. But yeah, he's got a few. But it's pretty amazing. I mean, there are so many stats like that for Kirk Cousins this year that, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the year that, again, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, game, let's all slow down just a little bit. I know you're his top fan now. I know that. <laughs> You've you've cast Romo aside, Rivers aside, all of your guys for Kirk. But let's just hold on a second. Any other purple positivity for you? I've got one that's a positive for the Vikings defense regarding Sunday's game because it's an interesting stat about a certain 43-year-old quarterback the Vikings are going to play against in Tampa, Florida on Sunday. Tom Brady's 11 interceptions in 2020 are tied with Russell Wilson for the fourth most in the National Football League. Now, uh, ahead of them, Carson Wentz with 15. He's been benched. Drew Locke with 13. And Cousins with 12. But 10 of those came in the first six games. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has not thrown more than 11 picks in a season since he threw 12 in 2011. Wow. So if he gets picked off on Sunday, he will equal... um, a number of picks that he has not had since 2011. He is. He is. That's the thing is he's going to almost certainly in the structure that they play this offense in Tampa. He's going to take some shots, but there are going to be opportunities for Harrison Smith, Cameron Dantzler over to Grandland. Spurgeon, Coyle, <laughs> to Kendricks. get an interception. Over to Anthony Harris. All right. That's he, an interesting stat uh, on TB because there yeah. there are definitely uh, some flaws here that can be exploited. I'll give you another one, and it kind of fits into the, the, the formula of how a wild card team can win a Super Bowl, too. According to Pro Football Focus, when under pressure this season, Tom Brady ranks 30th among qualified quarterbacks in passer rating. He has a 49 passer rating when he's under pressure this year. So if you can find a way now, you know, obviously if you have to sacrifice coverage to put Tom Brady under fire, is he going to throw a ball over the top and all of a sudden now you give up a 50-yard play or something? I think you have to take that risk. Yes, I would. I, I would look at this and say... I think you're right. He sucks when he's under pressure because he's 43 and he can't move. Yep. And he's just not as quite as accurate as he was before. Again, because he's 43 years old. And he's trying to throw downfield. Yep. So I would start with get pressure on him. And if I get burned over the top two or three times, I can sleep at night. Yep. If I try, to play, if I right. try to play coverage and let him pick me apart, I'm, I'm going to regret that the next morning. Um, I mean, he only has... You're going to wake up the next day. What did I do last night? <laughs> what happened? What did I Who do? Who are you? Why... His completely his completion percentage when under pressure is forty four percent this season. Wow, that's amazing. So you've got to yeah. So you're right. And Kirk Cousins is not. I mean, he's better than Brady, but he has a seventy one passer rating under pressure this year. So that's it's kind of a formula for. But both Brady sides. Pr- probably for years could thrive with that, right? Yeah. And now he can't. Yeah, that's a good one. Harrison Smith will be rushing mm-hmm. or blitzing. So if Kendricks does not play, I think they're sunk. I really do. Don't yeah, you? what's what was his he didn't practice yesterday? yesterday. Uh, what? Uh, no, that's it's a calf. Rudolph, it's a calf, it's a calf but he calf, didn't yeah. practice. And well, Rudolph if, faces an uphill battle to play, according to Darren. Dewey yeah, you know what? I'm not too concerned about that. Well, if, well, I am concerned if Irv Smith and Rudolph don't play, and it's a Tyler Conklin show. I agree. Yes, I am very concerned. Uh, you know I, I'm why? Concerned. You know why I'm not? Why is that? Too concerned because I got 18 and you don't. 
I got Justin Jefferson and you don't. And okay. got the secondary slayer. I'm going to tell you right now. The fourth quarter Right now, Pharaoh. I am not a fan of a, a lot of players in this town. I am a Justin Jefferson apologist and will yeah, remain amazing. that. He's that. He's just fantastic. He's a good football player. He's just he's a marvelous athlete. That is a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd and Declan. Uh, don't forget every single Sunday and going forward, whatever day they happen to play on, we have a show called Vikings Ventline as part of Purple Daily, the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. We bring Vikings fans into the video with us. We take all your comments. We put them on the screen from YouTube and Facebook. So uh, check that out. Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Later. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.